Daniel lived and served in the courts of several kings from three empires, the Babylonians, Medes and Persians. His life challenged these powerful kings and got them to acknowledge that the God of the Hebrews is truly God. We draw lessons and inspiration from the life of Daniel and the call to be a Daniel in our day. In the midst of difficult and hostile environments, we may find ourselves in. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and play, play the video, then we'll start. You find yourself working or living in situations that not be, may not be very supportive, very encouraging of your faith in God or what you believe or what you stand for. This morning, I want us to look at the life of Daniel and draw inspiration from his life. On how you and I can stand, and not just stand, but actually make a huge difference. Even in the midst of hostile environments. And you look at the book of Daniel. The story there is of um, the Babylonian king, Nebuchadnezzar coming in and invading Jerusalem. And God permits that at that point. So Nebuchadnezzar comes in, invades Jerusalem, and takes away so many of those people, captives, into Babylon. And among that whole army of captives taken away to Babylon, we read about Daniel and his three friends. Now Daniel, it's estimated, was just about 12 or 13 years old. Daniel and his friends were just about 12 or 13 in their early teens when they were taken captives, literally slaves, into Babylon, in a foreign kingdom. What's amazing about the story of Daniel is that Daniel serves in the courts of several kings from three different empires. There was a Babylonian empire where the two main kings were Nebuchadnezzar and later on he had a few successes who were killed but the next big Babylonian king is Belshazzar and Daniel serves in their courts and the Babylonian empire is overthrown by the Medes and Daniel serves in the court of Darius the king of the Medes the Medes are overthrown by the Persians and Cyrus is the first Persian king and and Daniel serves in the courts of King Cyrus. So Daniel literally served in the courts of three different world empires. Served before the, these powerful kings. And you and I can imagine these kings were not, you know, nice God-fearing people in the sense they were not people who feared the God of the Hebrews. They never bothered about any of that. They were powerful men. Feared by many. And yet you find Daniel serving as a, a minister, as a person in authority before these kings. And what we see is this. 
that in every king that he served, before every king he served, each one of those kings bowed their knee and said, the God of Daniel, he is God. So powerful. So powerful. And so, Understand that Daniel was not living in his own hometown. He was not in Jerusalem. He was out there in a foreign place, serving in the courts of these world emperors who, who were harsh and tough and mean. And yet, in such hostile environments, something about his life caused them to say, the God of Daniel, he is God. And if Daniel could do it in his day, I believe you and I can do it in our day. Because the God of Daniel is also our God. So this morning I want us to just look at, a, look at Daniel's life, more like a character study. Elicit some important things that we could learn from Daniel's life. And say, look, here are some things that you and I can follow. And if we walk in these steps, regardless of what kind of environment we are have to deal with, whether it's in your workplace, your school, your college, and uh, what kind of uh, situations you have to deal with, your life can be a life through which God is eventually honored and glorified. Amen? So what do we learn from the life of Daniel? And I'm just going to uh, go through in sequence, starting with Daniel chapter 1 and just Highlight for us some of these things that we see in the life of this man. In chapter 1, we see that Daniel is a man of conviction in what he believed. So think about these young Jewish boys. Three of them, they're taken into Babylon and they are enrolled in this university. Or this training program. Or the school. The schooling of the Babylonians. And the king has instructed one of his men to take care of these Jewish boys. And says, I want you to train them up in the literature, in the language, in the knowledge. In the science of the Babylonians. So that one day they can serve in my courts. And so Daniel is enrolled in this. And as part of it. He gets to go to the college mess or the school mess, whatever. And the king has a sign that they get good food from the king's table to be served to these boys. But Daniel, as young as he was, knew his fate. And he knew that according to what he has been raised in and according to his fate, there are certain kinds of food he's not supposed to eat. And so he asks to be excused from that. He says, I'll eat everything else, vegetables and all that. Someone said, man, that's bad. You know. I'll eat all that, but please excuse me from these kinds of foods. Don't want it. A man in charge of those boys says, you know, hey, listen, if something goes wrong and, and, and you all end up really lean and weak and sick, the king's going to hold me responsible. Daniel says, you test us for 10 days. And he tests them for 10 days. And he finds out that they're doing much better than the others. And you know what happens as Daniel 
takes his stand the end of that training the bible says that daniel and his friends were so blessed by god with knowledge and skill and wisdom the king finds them 10 times better than all the others daniel was a man of conviction in what he believed he stood for it and what what do we see we see that god comes through there is a very simple truth in the bible when you honor god he will honor you when you stand up for god for what you believe he will stand with you simple and we see that proved in daniel's life So the question you and I need to ask ourselves is do we live by do we really live by what we believe? You know it's easy to say amen in church and it's good to say it and encourage you to say it. You affirm we affirm our faith in church and that's great. But you know it what we do outside matters more than what we do inside. Amen. That's what really matters. Out there in your school, in your college, in your workplace in your home out there in your community where are we really standing up for what we believe do we live by what we believe by the convictions that we carry if you and i don't stand for something we'll fall for anything know what you believe stand up for it and know this for a surety know this for a guarantee that when you and i stand up for the things of God God will stand up for us The next thing we see about Daniel is this in chapter 2 We see that Daniel is a man of courageous faith in God The scenario there is that Nebuchadnezzar has his dream he caught, by this time Daniel is serving in the courts of Nebuchadnezzar and uh, he's one of those wise men who's supposed to help the king with decisions and so on and nebuchadnezzar has a dream he wants to know what the dream is he wants to know what the interpretation is and this is uh, his decision that that if his wise men cannot help him with his dream and interpretation they'll all be killed the soldiers are all ready to carry out the king's command here's what daniel does he goes to the captain and he says give me one night i'll come back to you with an answer and that night he goes he gets his three friends and they pray and they say god you've got to tell us what the dream is and what's the meaning of the dream and so god speaks to daniel in the night and reveals that dream to him so the next morning daniel goes back to the king and he declares the dream and the interpretation And here's the thing. It takes a lot of courage to do that. It takes a lot of courage and faith in God to stand up at that moment of challenge. The question is in your school, in your college, in your place of work, do we rise up to the challenge or do we say, you know, let's call my pastor. Do we take our faith and courage out in this world, rise up to those challenges and say I'll do it. 
Example, if your boss comes and says, hey, we've got a project that's really out of hand, it's out of control. I just wonder if there's anyone here who can help us with this. Do you stand up for it and say, I'll do it? Why? Because you know you can pray and you can ask God to help you with the wisdom and the knowledge that is needed to see that through. Or do you back off and say, you know, faith, I do that in church, but in my workplace. Daniel rose up to the challenge. This was a real workplace situation. It's a real life situation. And he rises up with faith and courage, courageous faith in God. And there's a truth in the Bible. This is from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 11. That God fulfills our work of faith with his power. That means when you and I work our faith, go and do something with our faith, he comes and completes it with his power. But we've got to work our faith. We've got to step up to those challenges. We've got to rise up to those occasions and say, I'll do it. And the reason you do it is because you have faith in God. Not because you think, I'm so smart. I got all the answers. No. Inside you, you know what you're going to do. You're going to go back to God and say, God, I need your wisdom. I need your strength. I need your empowering to deal with this. That's courageous faith. And when you and I work our faith, the Bible says he completes it with his power. I want to challenge you and I. Out there where it really matters. Let's be people of courageous faith in God. Who take up those challenges in everyday life. And go back to God and say, God, I need an answer. I need a solution. I need a wisdom. To turn things around. Do we take risks based on God's promises and faith in God? Towards the end of chapter 2, we find a very beautiful, gentle aspect of Daniel's life, character. We see, number 3, that Daniel is a man who was a true friend and companion. You know, once Daniel interpreted the king's dream and gave him the, uh, declared the king's dream and gave him the interpretation end of chapter 2 verse 48 the bible says the king promoted daniel and gave him many great gifts and he made him ruler over the whole province of babylon so daniel experiences this great promotion in his life and uh, all these you know good things that that are given to him because he's done a good work but the touching thing is in the next verse in verse 49, it says, Daniel petitioned the king for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the king set them over the affairs of the land. Meaning, when Daniel experienced blessing, he didn't forget his own friends. Because that night, it was not Daniel praying alone. It was Daniel and his friends who prayed. Sure. Daniel stepped out in faith and true, it was God revealed it to Daniel and true, Daniel went up to the king and gave the dream and the interpretation and, and so Daniel has all this favor. But that night, it was Daniel and his friends who prayed together. 
I want to ask you something. Are you grateful for the people who've given into your life? Perhaps you were, there was a time in your life when you didn't have a job. But somebody helped you get a job. And today, you're doing very well. Question is, are you thankful? Did you say a thank you to them? And today, when you know you're doing so well, are you grateful? Do you appreciate the fact that they were there to help you? You say, but you know, I'm doing all the work and I'm doing great. Yeah, that's true. But don't forget, if they were not there with you that night, you would not be where you are today. Or maybe you were going through, you know, going through a little financial difficulty and somebody came and helped you. And saw you through. And doing very well today. But don't forget the ones who stood with you at that moment and in, in, in your time of need. There's something beautiful about Daniel. He didn't forget his three friends. He petitioned, he reached out for them, said, King, I need you to do something for my friends. Do something. And of course, the king gave them places to serve in his, in his court. So he was a man who was a true friend, a true companion. Fourth thing we see about Daniel is he was a man who knew and exercised his gifts. When you come to chapter 5, by this time we have a different king in charge. It's Belshazzar. Nebuchadnezzar is gone off the scene. His successes have been killed and and subsequently, Belshazzar is king over Babylon. Daniel is serving in his court now. And this is a time when, when God inter intervenes there and, and there's a hand that comes and writes upon the wall. And uh, Belshazzar and, and all his wise men at that time are shocked. They're saying, what does this mean? What's going on? And somebody reminds him that, look, there's a man called Daniel who, who, did, who was a wise man. And he interpreted all these things. He, you get him and he'll be able to do this for you. So... Belshazzar sends for Daniel. Daniel comes. I like the way Daniel faces up to this situation. As Daniel walks into this situation, see how he handles it. In Daniel 5 verse 17, he says, Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. In other words, Daniel knows what gifts are in his life and he's not afraid to exercise those gifts. He doesn't come there, you know, with this, oh man, what am I going to do now? Ah, uh, how am I going to handle this situation? No. He comes, there's a whole sense of confidence. There's a whole sense of strength and courage as he walks into this situation. And he tells the king, King, I'll read it and I'll tell you what it means. What do you see about Daniel? You see that he's a man who knew what God had put inside him and he was not afraid to use it. There is no need for you and me to apologize for the gifts God has put in us. 
Instead, we have got to step out and use those gifts so that God can be glorified. Amen? What has God put in you? Daniel knew that he had this gift. He had this ability to read and interpret and, uh, when it came to dreams and visions and the prophetic. He knew he had it. So he wasn't afraid to step out, exercise and use it because ultimately he was not after the money. Ultimately he wanted his God to be glorified. He said, King, you keep your money and all that with you. But I'm here to show you what my God can do. And I know the gifts he's put in me, I'm going to use it. If you and I are going to make a difference in this world, we are not, that's not going to happen by you and I apologizing for the gifts God has put in us. The abilities is given to us. There's no point in hiding those in the closet. Take them out. Use them in the world. So that through those gifts, God can be glorified. Know what God's put in you. For all of us, there are different things. Different graces that God has put in each of our lives. Some of us are using it. Some of us need to start using it. But the encouragement I want to bring to you and me is, look, Daniel wasn't apologetic about his gifts. He used it. He said, King, I will read it and I'll tell you what it means. Because he knew that was in him. So similarly, you and I, use the gifts God has given you because that's how we're going to put God on display out there in the world. Number five, you come to Daniel chapter six, and this is a familiar chapter because this is where Daniel gets thrown into the den of lions. In chapter six, there's a new empire. The Babylonians have been overthrown by this time. The Medes are in charge now. They're the world rulers at that point, or at least um, the, 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 the dominant empire. And Darius is the king. Daniel is serving in the court of King Darius. And in Daniel chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, just to summarize it, Darius recognizes the excellence and the kind of work Daniel brings and the value Daniel brings. And he sets him as the highest officer in his administration. And the Bible tells us so clearly here that Daniel was a man who had an excellent spirit. He had an excellent attitude. And all the other ministers were jealous of Daniel. They wanted to find something wrong. And it tells us here that they could find nothing wrong. They could find no fault or error with Daniel. Nothing. So here was a man. Of excellence and attitude and work. Remember, he was not working with all his buddies. He was working with people who were mean. Who didn't care about anything that is righteousness or godly. And yet none of them could find a fault with Daniel in his work. A man of excellence. And attitude and work. I want to challenge you and I. You know, when we do our work, and whatever it might be, you might be a school teacher, you might be an ID professional, you might be a manager or in some other big position, whatever it is. 
excellence in attitude and work to the point nobody can find any fault in what you're doing. We need to rise up to those standards and those levels because we want God to be honored and glorified. Amen? Press towards it. Work towards it. Daniel did it in his day. You and I can do it in our day. Ezekiel, who's a prophet, a contemporary of Daniel, kind of overlaps with Daniel. Ezekiel in his book refers to Daniel. I'll just point those references in Ezekiel 14 verses 14 and 20. Ezekiel refers to Daniel as a righteous man like Noah and Job. He puts Daniel in that same category. He's saying Daniel was a righteous man like Noah and Job. And then in chapter 28 in verse 3 he says Daniel is a very wise man. He refers to the wisdom of Daniel. So he has a man of excellence, a man who's righteous, and a man who's wise. He made a difference. Last two points we could draw out of Daniel's life. Number six is this. We see Daniel as a man of consistent spiritual discipline. Consistent spiritual discipline. In that same chapter, Daniel 6, once these Ministers in the, in the court of King Darius have convinced Darius to make him, to issue an edict that anybody who worships any other god will be thrown into the den of lions. And Daniel hears that. And it says in verse 10 that Daniel goes back to his home, opens the window towards Jerusalem, and he prays three times. And the latter part of that verse is very interesting. As was his custom from childhood. So Daniel now is probably in his 60s, 50s, 60s. He probably lived way into his 70s. And it says here, he kneels and he prays three times a day. As was his custom from childhood. I mean, like, this is not the first time he's praying, oh God, help me with those tens of lions, oh God, what do I do? Should I pray or should I not pray, God? This is not the first time he's praying. He's a man of consistent spiritual discipline through the years. So where did he get his strength? To serve in these courts, of, in the courts of these emperors to stand up against all of their vices and whatever they were doing to maintain himself where did he get his strength here's the secret he was a man of consistent spiritual discipline daily he prayed three times that's where his strength comes came from so you and I Maybe in a hostile world, whether it's your school, your classroom, your college, your workplace, where, whatever you're doing, things may not be very conducive. But listen, there's a place that you can tap in for strength. The secret to walking in spiritual strength is to walk consistently in the spiritual disciplines of prayer, worship, 
word. Got to walk in it. That's how we're going to be able to stand up there. Even when we are threatened. With the lion's den. Daniel stood. Last thing we see about Daniel. Is this. He was a man. Who experienced and demonstrated spiritual power. In hostile settings. Meaning. And I understand that he was. As I've been saying repeating over and over again. He was here in a foreign country. In kingdoms. That didn't care anything about the God of the Hebrews. They didn't know anything about his God, his faith, his religion. Didn't bother. It's really hostile. And yet, even there, he thrived spiritually. He had such a close walk with God. And experienced and demonstrated the power of God. Some of us, when we are in Bangalore, going to APC, very strong. The moment you leave Bangalore, and maybe you get, you know, you go to college somewhere, or maybe you get transferred on work somewhere, everything starts shaking. Say, I'm such, um, there is no nice worship, no nice church. How can I stand? Listen, you've got to stand. Between you and God, Daniel did it. He didn't say, oh, Jerusalem is there. I am here in Babylon, by the rivers of Babylon where we sat down. How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Oh, that's a psalm there, right? He didn't sing that song. He said, doesn't matter if I'm by the rivers of Babylon, I will sing the Lord's song. That's what he did. In such an environment where the spiritual atmosphere was so different from what would, would, would have been in Jerusalem in its heyday when it was uh, it, it covered with a glory cloud and all that. But he was here in Babylon and in Persia. His walk with God was so strong. Here's what you see in Daniel chapter 9 and again in chapter 10. And I'll just mention these verses in Daniel 9.23, in Daniel 10.11, and in Daniel 10.19, the angel of God comes and addresses Daniel as, Daniel, a man greatly beloved of God. And he saying, Daniel, you're a man of God's delights. God delights in you, Daniel. That man. There must have been something about his walk with God that so pleased the heart of God that God says, you're a man of my delight. Greatly beloved. He didn't use his environment as an excuse for any sort of weakness in his walk with God. And it was in those Kings and palaces. What astounds me as you 
And I just highlight this in Daniel chapter 7 verse 1, Daniel chapter 8 verse 1, Daniel chapter 9 verse 1, Daniel chapter 10 verse 1. All these chapters begin by saying, in the year of this king, Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had his vision. Daniel 8 verse 1, in the third year of the reign of king Belshazzar, he had a vision. Daniel 9 verse 1, in the first year of king Darius, he has his vision. In Daniel 10 verse 1, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, he receives this message. Meaning, he has his powerful prophetic encounters and experiences not sitting in the temple in Jerusalem, but right there in the midst of a hostile kingdom in, 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 where the spiritual atmosphere must have been terrible. He's having this great walk with God and these great supernatural encounters with God. The point I want to make is don't use your environment as an excuse. For any kind of weakness in your walk with God. Daniel didn't. He thrived spiritually. And experienced all of these great encounters. And he, he writes the rest of the book of Daniel. Daniel 7 on to the end. He writes about the great. Uh, he writes about the end times and, and great prophetic revelation of, of the things that are yet to come to pass. And all this took place while he was in a foreign land. We need Daniels today. The kingdom of God needs men and women of such caliber. Who will stand up in our worlds. So that those who do not know God will bow their knee and say, their God is the true God. The call this morning is for you and me to be like Daniels. To be men and women who live such lives out there in the world. And make a difference for the kingdom of God. Let's rise to our feet, please. And I call our worship team up. If God could empower a man like Daniel, I'm sure he can empower you and me. God has no favorites. He's just looking for people who are willing. Who are available. Who will say, God, write my name down. Count me in. This morning, would you respond and say, God, if you use Daniel in his day, in his time, could you add my name to the list? Use me. In my day, in my time. Whatever environment, whatever situation I may be in, I want to be like this. I want to so live my life that people around me would say, His God, her God is the living God. Let's not blame our situations. Let's not blame our circumstances. Let's not blame our bosses and our managers and our environments and all of that. No. 
Be like Daniel. Be a man or woman of conviction. Stand up for what you believe. Out there in your school, in your college, in your place of work, in your home, in your neighborhoods. It really matters. Be a man or a woman of courageous faith in God. Rise up to those challenges that look at those challenges as opportunities for you to put your faith in God to work. Take it up. Daniel took up the challenge. Be a man or woman who recognizes and who's compassionate and who's tender and always remembers the people whom God used to help you. Don't forget. No matter what stature God may lift you up to, don't forget that somebody somewhere at some time in your life gave you a helping hand. Always be grateful to them. That's what makes you a man or woman of character. Be a man or a woman who's not afraid to use and exercise and engage with the gifts God has given them. The gift, the talent, the ability God has put in you is like a key that will unlock great doors. Don't discount what God has put in you. Because great doors swing on simple small hinges. Don't be afraid to use what God's given you. Be a man or woman of consistent spiritual discipline because that's where you get the strength to stand up in a hostile world. Be a man a woman. Will demonstrate and experience the power, the supernatural power of God. Even in hostile environments. Press in. Demonstrate the power of God. The darker it gets, the more brighter you're going to shine. Demonstrate God's power. Put Him on display. As a worship team leads us, could you please take this time just to pray between you and God and ask Him for His grace and His empowering and His strength on your life so that we, in our day, in our time, can be like Daniel.
Yes, O God, we just look to you, Father God. Lord, in the circumstances that we are in, in the environments that we are in, O God, we look to you. Lord, may we be men and women of character and integrity, O God. Lord, may we be people Lord, who will ref- truly reflect your glory, O Master. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like this Know just what to do We look to you, O God
Just like Daniel did, oh Master, no matter what. Lord, yes, we choose to seek your face. Lord, we choose to walk with the confidence that you give us, oh God, in our spirit. Lord, we thank you for the gifts that you put in each one of us, oh God. Lord, none of us, oh God, are empty, oh God. Lord, something, oh God, Lord, you put in each one of us and we choose to stir that up, Lord, today and use it for your glory. Yes, Lord, we will not blame the environment, O oh God, but Lord, we'll, we will look to you, Master. Lord, we will choose, O oh God, to be thankful, choose to remember and acknowledge and honor those who help us, those whom you bring, Lord, along our path to be a help, to be a source of strength. Master, we thank you, we thank you, we give you all the praise and glory. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace even now and the days ahead. Amen. Amen. Let's go out there and be Daniels uh, wherever we are in a place of study, in a place of work, in a place of ministry. And let's reflect his glory be Christ-like. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you on Friday. Is a secret place at Ball and Boys School. So be there 10 o'clock. It's 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. Uh, if you can be there. God bless you.